0: Hey guys, it's Marcia Hoffines, and you are listening to the Storytellers Podcast, where we dig in, go deep, find ourselves, maybe cry, maybe laugh. We surrender, but we go home, and we go home big. We feel inspired. It's the story behind the cellophane. It's the story inside the truth. It's a story that most people don't want to tell, but we're here to share. Let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us back joining us back. Does that even make any sense? I don't think that makes any sense. But for joining us again, I am here this week with another amazing woman um, that I have met along my my journey in this amazing life that I've been afforded to live. And I met her when I was living down in Charlotte, North Carolina. And interesting, um, I actually am going to ask that we Kick our time off talking about this is our remembering of how we met each other. So, mm-hmm. here's like my take. I then I'm going to tell you who I'm speaking with, or maybe I'll be like, guess who I'm talking about. <laughs> See if you guys can guess who I'm talking about. You probably won't. So anyway, I remember. I so I moved to no- Charlotte, North Carolina. Found my daughters like the only place left in Mecklenburg County that had spots in a preschool. And it was at, I can't even remember. It was like at some church up on Providence. It was like Providence something. Can't remember. It's fine. I remember going through the little drive-through line, dropping the girls off. And I would always see this woman. And this was going on for several months, like months. And somewhere around like the sixth month or so that I was down in Charlotte, maybe it was a little bit longer than that. I started the process of purchasing a yoga studio that interestingly enough, well, we can talk about this too. This would be fun. Was a failed Bikram studio, not because it was Bikram, but it was because for the management of the space. And I think that's right. a well, the
1: original thing. owner left. And put some biker dude in charge. Just
0: put some (laughs) motorcycles inside the studio. But then I started teaching at this place and I started seeing this woman who I was like, I think this is the same person that I see. Lo and behold, I think one night we finally made the connection, but we also shared a babysitter. So I met my most amazing babysitter at this preschool. And she started babysitting my daughters for me on Wednesday nights when I would teach. And this beautiful woman who I would see at the preschool started showing up in my classes on Wednesday nights when I would teach. So I'm I'm talking with my friend, Dory Fusaro today or Dory joy as she goes by on the social medias. And that's what I like to call it. The social (laughs) medias. We became Oh, we became pretty good friends. She was, she was a yoga student at my studio. She became a friend of mine. We, our daughters became friends. Like we just, we had a lot of really amazing, memorable times during my time down in Charlotte. One of my favorite memories of Charlotte is actually of you and spending time with you and um, the friendship that
1: you gave me. Mm
0: -hmm. So, What do you remember about meeting me, Dory?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I do remember all of those things, but I remember finding out from Janice, the babysitter extraordinaire that we're (laughs) talking about. Yes. She started babysitting for my girls when she was like 14, um, right when like Alexa was six months old or something. And she made the connection for me because I think like you, I'd seen obviously teaching the class I was taking. um, And then, probably there's some familiarity but couldn't quite put my finger on it because i'm terrible with people and with names and then she drew that conclusion for me um so right away i was like oh my god what a small world and then honestly after that before our friendship took over it was more of a what is she doing with my yoga studio you (laughs) bought it yeah and it it moved you bought it and then you changed it and i was like oh yeah, you know, I want Bikram. Why are you changing it? And then you completely change my life with that.
0: Right. That was a hard transition to make. I'll be honest. That was like, well, first of all, what was being taught there? Let's just in all honesty be super real. It wasn't really Bikram. It was some um,
1: Bikram peppered with other things that whatever really anybody wanted. To wanted
0: teach. to teach, right? So it was a little lost in that respect. And it was managed by this guy. His name was Ray. Yep. And he literally, you guys, that is like motorcycle shit hanging out in the yoga studio. Inside that, the studio. Do you remember that small room, which came to be like one of everybody's favorite rooms to practice in the little yep. blue room. He yep. had so much junk stuffed in that room. I it was. Might've lived out of that studio <laughs> when we didn't know it. Something. <laughs> It was crazy. But no, I did. I came in, and first of all, there were a couple of things. Nobody knew who I was. Right. And second, I was then taking it, and I'm like, and we are going to turn it into a vinyasa yoga studio. And it was like, right. it was an interesting transition. However, the, I would say the grace that was given to me was I had some amazing friends, Dolly, Catherine come over with me and help me set the stage there. Right. right. Um, yeah. Just some beautiful teachers just come with me and help really nurture and grow the space into what it became.
1: And now neither of the three of you are in Charlotte. No, no. Like l- all, all of us, Sarah, yep. Sarah, Dolly, Catherine, you all. Yep.
0: gosh yeah we had some amazing teachers though that taught there and a lot of a lot of it's it's so funny a lot of people who then went on to open up studios or teach were part of that little family yeah and um we were really nestled in just like the super quiet part of town And at the time, Dory, before we started, Dory and I were talking about how there's been like a yoga explosion in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, but when it was, when it was that time, it was like Charlotte yoga, which is still there, right? Charlotte yoga Mm -hmm. still exists. It's a staple. So many of us started our our paths at Charlotte yoga too, but it was really Charlotte yoga, yoga oasis.
1: Yeah. And like yoga for life. Yoga
0: for life. And then yoga south yeah and um what an amazing time though right like the yoga was so different then it was yeah what do what do you remember the most about yoga then versus now like if you could say what's the biggest thing for you
1: yeah yeah no jonna and i talk about it a lot because it's one of the things that draws me continually to her classes yeah because even though we have this script sort of Mm -hmm. you know that we although she manages to weave in just a bit more of what you need. And it was all the breath work mm. and the chance mm. and which makes it sound very cultish to someone who's not a yoga person, but right. that was the stuff. Well, sure I can go and I can, you know, get a good sweat on and I love the way my body moves in this class. But back then all of you brought much more than just the physical practice. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I think got me so connected to the yoga, which for me is like for life, you right. know? Yeah, no, that that's what I remember the most, I think. Also, there weren't as many dudes doing yoga. Well, yeah. And
0: I would also <laughs> say two other things, right? All the classes were 90 minutes long. 90 minutes yeah. or 75 minutes, it was very rare to have an hour class. That Those is were true. always like, like a noon class or maybe even just like a six o'clock class, right? You would just kind of get in and get out. But for the most part, most of us dedicated a good 90 minutes.
1: or hour and a half. Yep. And now you have some studios locally here that will teach 50 minute classes.
0: There are, There's places and I've turned, I turn all these jobs down when people are like, it's a 45 minute yoga class. I'm like, yep, nope. Sorry. I barely have time in an hour to do what I want to deliver. And it's one thing that I talk about and I'm glad that we're having this reflection together because I share this often with, you know, I've been training teachers since 2010 and Mm -hmm. i still am. And I, and I believe that I'm still doing it because I remind everybody of how, like I remember like people ask like, why don't we chant anymore? Why don't we do all these things? I'm like, there's no time. right? Right. We, And and a lot of studios do have processes that need to be followed. I've been very fortunate up here, uh, truth be told, Dory, to be able to still just teach yoga the way I teach yoga. But it is, it's hard. It's hard in an hour to give everything. and, And with the, we didn't have social media. We didn't have fancy yoga clothes. I mean, my favorite pair of pants were some like, cotton pants that i think i bought at like target or something
1: (laughs) those energy i I, yeah i lived in those homemade yeah brook brook made and made it i dyed. i mean i lived do still make fun of those pants on me
0: and those little tank tops
1: Yeah. yeah it's more like the 50 minute class you know I don't like teaching it, and I did teach because I was teaching somewhere where they changed owners and they changed the format. So I did for a minute teach those classes and part of me was like, well, you know, at least these folks are getting yoga, they're getting yes. a snippet, so it's good. But yeah. as a teacher, it is hard to teach. All. It becomes just a fitness class. Yeah. Which is, I think, the difference between when you were asking, reflect on what what's yeah. like. Now it is morphing much more into that fitness class. Yep. While even back then, they used to say, oh, well, we've Americanized it. It's supposed as opposed to, and I'm like, well, if that was now, is it even yoga anymore?
0: Yeah, I read an, I cannot remember, mm, I can't remember the man's name, but it was right around the time that Maddie Azrati uh, died. Did I say her last name right? I don't think I did. Oh, I think I just butchered her name. I'm so sorry. But it was right around the time that she passed away, and a lot of people were really talking about, like what you and I are talking about right now. Right. And there was a gentleman and I wish I could remember who it was, but they did an interview with him and he was like, you know, back in the day, like the early nineties, the late eighties, we were just trying to get people to come in the room to meditate. So we started showing them all these cool shapes that you could do with the body to try to entice people to come in to the space. Right. So it was almost this admittance to like, we were trying so hard just to get people to come in and like move their body like you're saying and from that came this obsession with asana and how the body is going to look because of asana right and um yeah but that is how beautiful dory and i met in the or mid early, what what early was it 2000? the 2005 okay. yeah fall of 2005. Yeah. Yep. And we had some, you know, whenever I think of you, I, I, it's, I'll always be like, I would be remiss to not remember Philip and Paul
1: Mm because they were always
0: part of our little Wednesday night tribe that we had. Yeah. And the beautiful people that we met along the way, it was like a really super special time.
1: Yeah. Super special
0: time. And I have pictures. So Dory has beautiful two beautiful daughters. And our the, our daughters that they stacked. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. amazing and I love it. And I have pictures of them hanging out in the yoga studio with us back in the day. Because that's how that studio was. Like there were always kids running around. It was just like a it was like we were a family. But tell me what you think. Well, tell me a little bit about how yoga changed you as a mom helped Mm. you be a mom Mm. helped you raise these girls one of them did teacher training yeah
1: Mm -hmm. um yeah so i mean yoga just made me better at everything you know it took the edge off um i feel like i mean i can remember the girls at a really small age looking up at me and going mommy you need to go to yoga, <laughs> like, you know, on a day when you're maybe at your wits end and everybody's just driving you crazy. And you certainly have that about your interactions and your reactions to your children. Mm-hmm. And for them to know at such a young age, like um, something's missing, you're stressed out, mom. You need yeah. To. Um, yeah, I can remember their dad and I joking about that a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just feel like it did. It took the edge off. Um, I always said that yoga helped me find who I wanted to be without the fear of, of trying to pretend. Um, right? We all, you know, you hear everyone, oh, you know, go inside, find yourself, and a lot of people don't really attach to that. It's like it sounds like woo-woo talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really did. It it was the first time I actually found an activity, um, found a group of like-minded people where I I wanted to do it all the time. You know, yeah. I was very envious of my then husband, my kid's dad, who always has had so many hobbies. You know, He made RC cars and played golf and went fishing and he was an only child, so he was extremely happy just to spend time alone. And me, I'm very social and I need interaction and I feed off of other people and all this kind of thing. So after my very first, you know, that very first studio, that Bikram studio, taking a Bikram class in this hot sweat for 90 minutes, not knowing what the hell I was doing or why these people would come back and do it, Mm -hmm. The end result was me in a puddle of sweat, but with tears rolling down my cheeks because I was like, I don't know what this is or what the hell just happened. Holy shit. Like, I need to do this again. Um, It did. It completely changed my life and how I approach people and how I look at things. Um, Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, Alexa did, Alexa did teacher training when she was a sophomore in high school natalie who was a tomboy for a real long time and very staunch in her i don't like yoga and like held on to that for a good long while um probably right around the time she was a freshman in high school she came to the studio where i teach now and took a class and she was hooked and she loves it so yeah that's awesome i can't get i can't get my daughters to practice yoga (laughs) Well, but let's be fair. Your kids were on the soccer field like it was a full-time job, yeah. and a half in the dance studio, probably a double-time job. Yeah. So you know, no, you're to right. Have that physical outlet.
0: You know, you're right. And uh, let's talk about raising daughters and having yoga in the in our life. And I, I would have to say, um, I think I, I, I joke about that because we both know that the real yoga doesn't really happen in that room. It's everything that happens outside it's how you take the practice and then turn let it inform your life really like like what you just said like a lot of people can listen to that and be like okay woo woo whatever I'm not gonna what does turning inward and looking at myself mean but then there are those of us who really take it and then you sit back and you really start looking at everything that you're doing in your life and you're like okay I better be showing up the way that I'm talking about in class because otherwise then right what the hell am I doing so when I, when I watch my daughters navigate life, I see that the yoga is actually paying off, right? For sure it is. Uh, I would, I would have to say for me, that's the greatest gift really is watching it inform their decisions versus it being maybe something that they actually practice with their bodies. Um, So when did you tell us about, like, I want to hear more about, Dory outside of this world of yoga. I know we kind of got off on a little, uh, jaunt around our, our memories of yoga, but where were you as a, as a human being when you found it and what was going on in your life? And when you say yoga gave you permission to be who you wanted to be, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. Okay. So my girls were very little. They were like two and four, when I took that first class, um, and I think I was just kind of lost in that um, I was something to everyone else, and I just think I kind of lost my own individuality mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. You know, mm-hmm. I was a wife and mom, and I stopped working for a little while. Um, and we all know well, not all of us, but all of us who have done the stay at home mom thing or raised children for even a day know just how consuming that can be right yeah Um, so I just I think that I was longing to find something that was just mine Mm -hmm. where I would walk into a room or create friendships because I also hadn't been in Charlotte very long I was probably here for about two or three years we moved here when Alexa was like eight months old um Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I wanted to walk into a room and just be Dory, not the mom, not toting all this stuff, not, you know, taking care of a household or whatever. Um, and, I, you know, I think out of that, how, how that kind of helped me and what I meant about like, you know, having the permission to be, I think I was like many of us do when we're newly married Newly, you know, domesticated into owning a house and being in a neighborhood in the suburbs and having kids and they go to school and like, instead of feeling like you're just on this rat race and keeping up with the Joneses or, you know, doing what you think you should be doing, actually making cognitive decisions and doing the things that you want to be doing. Oh, that was that whole like, yeah, that's so
0: profound. So many people still show up to life so lost. So I love that you just said all
1: that. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe that is what you want to do. And you're, yeah. you're like, hey, I want the McMansion and I want to do this and I want to run all over the place yeah. doing X, Y, and Z and you know, whatever. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But make it be what you really want it to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, ultimately, I want to go through teacher training um in twenty in two thousand nine with Stephanie and that was at a time when you know my marriage we had completely disconnected from each other and you know there was a lot that wasn't going right and in our you know in the in the right direction for us Mm -hmm. as a couple. Um and I think that teacher training gave me the I don't know maybe the courage to get through what was coming my way or the yeah i don't i, I don't know but it, it's funny because many people who give teacher trainings and i don't know if you're one will say people's lives transform over these times oh. like people quit their jobs change careers leave marriages start marriages you know yes. all these things and you're, yes. you you it going like yeah okay whatever i've been doing yoga for years and that literally was the time frame that like everything changed.
0: Yeah. So if I, I want to say, I always say that to people when we start teacher training, I also tell people about with my coaching too. And I actually, I have this one girl who's like, I'm not coaching with you yet. I'm not ready. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard what happens when someone spends an hour with you. I'm like, okay, you just let me know when you're ready. But interestingly, uh, This will be no surprise to you guys. Uh, Dory and I are talking right now during um, the coronavirus. And uh, I just started a teacher training the first weekend that Virginia shut down. And let me just interject by saying this is like the smallest teacher training I've ever done. It's got three women in it. And I really had to sit back and really think, do I want to move forward with this when I saw the size? And something in my heart was like, do it. And I don't, I couldn't tell you what, Dory. I don't know why, but I did. And I'm so fucking grateful that I did. Like these, to be studying the sutras and the Gita and everything that we're talking about right now during such a profound time is bringing such a different, and I've been teaching this stuff. I do at least two trainings a year for 10 years. That's a lot yeah and i was working with the sutras and all my studies prior to that so just on a normal year just in a normal world setting with life teacher training changes your life i can't imma- i can't imagine what it's going to do to this group that's going through it right now right like super profound but it is it's because you start really studying and you have to start looking at yourself through the lens of practice and you got to check yourself on your habits and check yourself on your, you know, moral compass and your ethical code. It's, it gets really real in that room.
1: Yeah, it really does. It does. It is a, it is a crazy time to be doing that. Yeah. To do all this. But I mean, how awesome that we have these capabilities through Zoom and, you know, mm-hmm. Vimeo and all these other um applications where we can sit and do a teacher training virtually and and have it feel so interactive right like you're really losing anything you know yeah
0: yeah so you did teacher training at a rather interesting time in your life how did like when you say it gave you um, the strength or the courage to
1: face what was coming next what do you mean by that you know I don't know that I can properly encapsulate it But I think it just gave me more confidence in myself as an individual because I was at a place where I was literally stuck in mud and we both were, if I'm quite honest, because neither one of us wanted to leave the place where our children were and neither one of us could imagine not being with our children. 24 seven and the thought of actually, okay, we know this is what we need to be doing, but the, the thought of actually doing it and it meaning, we get less time with them was beyond hard. So yeah, I don't think I knew while I was in it that we were definitely ending that way because we both were absolutely trying right. to figure out, but I think so much, so much had changed and we had changed or I had changed so much that I just don't think there was any getting back to, to us. Yeah. Um, and it gave me, I, I think that's probably the best thing is me feeling like I i would be okay on my own. You know, yeah. I had known only him since I was 19, you know, so it was, yeah, you guys were, you
0: guys were lifelong partners really at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, out, all works out, you know. Yeah, he's getting married. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so it's it's all yeah, things work out, there. and the kids turned out pretty all right. Yeah. <laughs> so so, in terms of
0: like teaching and balancing the girls and being a mom, like I know it's hard enough for me. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like life hasn't been easy, and I. I, you know, I'm going to be honest, like you're someone who I always look at and I'm like, dude, I could just have a little bit of Dory inside of me. Like, it's just like super inspiring. You've got a very contagious magnetic energy. You know, when you say that you're, you, you need people around, like you definitely are one of those people that sucks people in and you just have amazing power. And to me, what looks like just like, sustainable energy all the time. Like you're always plugged in. You've always got a battery charged. And I, I love just love, <laughs> I'm like, well, Hey, if it's not true, know that it looks true and it feels true. So whatever you're doing is super awesome. And I know that like you, so you balance, you know, full-time job.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Almost a full-time teaching schedule. So teach a lot. Teach a lot. I just, I just, Tell, tell
1: us, Dory, what is the magic? Uh, gosh, I mean, I don't know, you know, I, it's funny, I reached out, a friend of mine, Jen and I were texting about all this, you know, lockdown, as we'll call it, right, the yes. shelter place, and I one day texted her, and I'm like, hey, I think it was the end of day one last Wednesday, I'm like, how are we doing over there? And she's like, girl, this is my, this is my comfort zone, like, I Good with all this. She's like, it's you I'm worried about. Yes. So like, I get energized from the teaching, uh, meeting with people, you know, so I'm, a, I, I do mortgages, right? Yes. I, I don't have to be in a desk from eight to five every day. Yes, there are some days where I could be trapped in front of my laptop from eight in the morning till 10 at night, you know, over the last few weeks, because it's been crazy. But it's not your typical, like, to the wall meeting after meeting after meeting so that's one of the reasons i wanted to do what i do um, because i have the flexibility Um, but even with that i'm interacting with people on a social level whether they're agents that i i choose to do business with them and they with me because we like each other right so there's that that friendship that's kind of at the core Mm -hmm. Um, the people i work with even though we all do the same thing and we're kind of competitors I love the people that work at my office. My boss is great. So going into the office again, I feed off the energy of others. Um, And then same thing with the studio. I could be having the shittiest day imaginable. And as you know, you walk into a, and even on those days when you're like, I should have fucking gotten a sub, you know, like you walk in and you see that one or few people that all of a sudden you're like, Oh yes, this is why. Yeah. So again, even though it's tiring and like Tuesdays for a while, I worked all day and I taught three classes. What? By the end of the day, I'm thinking, what? But that last class at 4.30 on a Tuesday kind of revived me for, you know. I also, to be quite honest, anyone who lives with me will tell you, I love to sleep. I will sleep in. I'm not yeah. at like 5 a.m. and doing that. <laughs> yeah. My, my early getting up is like 8 I love that
0: you're saying all this. So listen, here's the truth. Uh, Okay. So I totally agree with you with regards to like showing up and teaching because there are days where you're just like, ugh. but I also agree with Jen a little bit. This is my jam. I think I'm a little bit in my comfort zone right now. And I'm not to be flippant about how people are processing all of this, but I'm actually in a really, uh, I'm a state of calm about it. I feel like I went through a massive adrenaline rush week one, week two, I kind of was trying to navigate a little bit. I'm still coming off of some massive grief of losing my father as well. So I've got like a lot of that, that a lot of that emotional stuff is like still popping up for me um, while I'm watching the world go through grief. Right. But Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be honest, like this feels super comfortable to me. This is kind of how I grew up a little bit isolated away from people. So I'm like, I know how to do this. This is okay. And I also will be super honest and acknowledge as well. I'm also very fortunate. I have a a very loving husband, a wonderful relationships with my daughter. So there's no, I'm not like stuck in a freaking out right place where I feel like I don't want to be around these people and I need to get out of here. So (laughs) I feel very fortunate for all of those things. Um, But I love that you talked about the sleeping in part because one of my big struggles in life is waking up in the morning. Always has been. And you're, you are in the coaching world as am I, and you know a big thing that everyone's always like, get up early and start your day. And I'm like, bullshit. I'm (laughs) going to just call bullshit on it because I think if you actually are super diligent with your time and you prioritize Filling up your day with things that make you feel really good, you can still get a lot done. And you right. don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and pretend like that's the way everybody should be. I so I love that you just said that. And I will also say like it sounds like since teaching brings you so much joy, that's a really amazing thing for you to fill up your day with.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. So the, and there were um, I was teaching two classes a week at 6:30 in the morning. So for me, I was like, oh, like when I took it on like a year plus ago or whatever. Um, and it got me out of my comfort zone and I began to love that because then by 7.45, I was ready to start my day I was like, oh.
0: yeah." And
1: likewise in January when I took a hiatus from all the things, social, drinking, everything, yeah. I was waking up naturally earlier because I was not doing it. I wasn't even really watching much TV. So I was going to bed at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. But by nature, I'm a night owl. I like yeah. to especially when the house is full of everyone, I like to watch something late at night after everyone's gone to bed, like a, a stupid show, whatever, just because yeah. that's then my time to be compressed. Like Tiger and King. I super love watching I mean, sleeping in late. Yeah. I I love it. Yeah someone came in and just Bella
0: just walked into the room and totally interrupted I was listening to you I was like I want to say something and then she came in fucked up my flow no no so (laughs) you said I want to talk about your hiatus this is where oh well no two things I I'm not, I don't practice in the morning. So this is the other thing I always tell, they're like, do you get up and practice at 5 a.m.? I'm like, nope, I sure don't. I hate practice. I don't work out in the morning. I am a mid-morning, midday, evening exerciser. Running, yoga, it doesn't matter. That's when I just, that's when my body feels the best. But I do teach, Dory, for years, I taught at six o'clock in the morning. And I loved teaching at six o'clock in the morning because I was like, man, if these people can get up and do this, I'm going to show up for them.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, you and I share that in common. I just, I honestly just love that. But tell me about taking the break in January. I was, I, I saw you come back and revive and I didn't even realize you had been away. Maybe just because you already were like an infrequent It's not like you were like all over social media or anything like that. Yeah. Um, And because of distance, I just wasn't aware. So what made you
1: do it and tell me, I want to hear about it. Yeah. So at, toward the end of last year, you know, last year, well, I guess toward the end of last year, it marked the year of me changing my career and it was just a financially really hard shift. You know, I went from making a really great salary to a hundred percent commission job and even though you know it's gonna be hard, you have no idea how hard it is to actually build up. I'm like, I know lots of people. I don't, you know, it's, it's a completely different thing, but definitely took a lot of time to get to fruition. Um, so, toward the end of last year, I was feeling very overwhelmed in my relationship, in everything work, yoga, my own yoga practice um just kind of feeling that overall lost and what am i doing and am i am i back in that i'm going through the motions um so i decided the day after christmas something i literally just came home and something in me clicked and i was like i need to just take time off from all of it Hmm. talk about my desire to be social and drawing off the energy the only downside is sometimes i'm drawn on and i'm definitely a go-to person for a lot of people and i think i don't know how to say no and not because probably not because i don't know how to but more because i don't want to like i want to show up for everyone and i have a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances but i think i just was starting to feel the weight of everything um and so i decided to take a month off which turned out then i was like i'll do 40 days because rod striker is 40 days mm-hmm. you know like that sounds like a good number and i didn't wait till new year's i started on the 26th no drinking no you know no anything nothing social and what i told my friends is if you want to see me let's take a walk otherwise i think i met one friend for coffee one day. And I met two clients out for lunch in that 40 day period. I didn't do anything social. Mm. Um, I drank a lot of tea. I didn't watch a lot of shows. I would be mindful instead of getting lost and go, Oh, I just watched eight episodes of friends or whatever, like being really uh, mindful and aware and say, I'm going to watch one episode of Mrs. Maisel. And when it's over, turn it off. Mm -hmm. I journaled a lot. You know, um, I talked on the phone with family and things like that. And it brought me like, just, it brought me back. Mm. So that was my yoga, like doing that. Yeah. You know,
0: simplicity. It's interesting how we have a tendency, I think, to overwhelm ourselves truly by feeling like you said something earlier on about like being a young mom and feeling like you need to keep up with the Joneses, right? Like that almost, we, we threw that term around for so much time and for so long that I think we almost just like took it on just without even realizing that we did. And we're, I mean, I, you know, not a day goes by, I mean, truly where it's, um, I would even say before social media started, like even when I was down in Charlotte, like, you know, and, and running the studio and just always like wondering what are other people doing? How are they doing it? How come their classes are so full? How come this is happening? Blah, 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 blah. And it's it's really easy just to get lost in all of that. And so it's to take that momentary detox for yourself to reset and get yourself back in line. You know, it's one of the things that I'm talking a lot about now with masterclass that I'm running and anybody that I'm um, encountering, it's like, look, some days you're going to have your habits and it's going to be on point, right? You will, you'll get your morning work done. You'll stick to your schedule. And then other days you're going to lay in bed having towel time all day. So here's what towel time is. I I just named it with a friend this past week. I love to take a shower middle of the day Put my I get out and I got my hair wrapped in my little thing and I get in bed and I just lay there in my towel. It's like <laughs> the best. Covered up and I like take a little nap and it's amazing. And I just maybe more towel time is happening right now, right? Like yeah. maybe you're just really just checking in and it's almost like you did that in preparation.
1: Well, I think strange I feel right? like it was Natalie that said she's like, you know, it's ironic that you took this hiatus and now you have to take this. hiatus. Yeah.
0: It's almost like you prepared yourself. I'm seeing that with a lot of people. It's interesting. A lot of things that like, so when I was planning my programming calendar for the year in December, we decided that April I was going to do a free month of coaching and it was all going to be around abundance mindset. I Mm -hmm. mean, what a perfect time to be offering this up as a gift to people. Right. Yeah. And it's not like abundance mindset from like a, financial, I mean, it can be, it can be financial if you want it to be, but just like really finding the silver lining and finding, um, exercising your faith muscle and things like that during this very challenging
1: time. Right. You know, you know, I was thinking about something that a friend said to me when you were talking to me about how you have felt a sense of calm Mm -hmm. during this time. Uh, so my friend, Brendan, um, he deals with a certain amount of anxiety in everyday life. And he was saying, it's gone. He's like, I don't know if it's like, he, he laughed. He's like, I don't know if it's my constant state of FOMO. And now I know I can be home and everybody's home and nobody's doing You know, like that yeah. whole thing. But he's like, now I just, he just feels same thing. Like that sense of calm, which right. is is pretty cool you know to maybe have something that we can learn from or those mm-hmm. that go with it and then tap into it you know back yep. then because you don't know what everybody's doing inside your home in yep. their own homes but you cared when they were out there whether it was class sizes and teaching and da da da, or in his case who's going out and doing what with who that he wasn't included in or, right you know, else like how do you tap into that place after all this is over
0: yeah you know you that's you know Bella and I were taking a walk the other day and she's like it's really nice like okay so my daughter's missing out on her senior year right like the end and it's but I gotta tell you she's got this pretty amazing head on her shoulders. And it's not, I'm not feeding her any of this information. (laughs) This is all coming (laughs) from her. It's, she's like, and my daughter struggles with like a lot of anxiety and she's, you know, my high stress, she worries about things and she's like, her nails are growing back because she hasn't been biting her nails. She's like sleeping. She's like, yeah, Uh, it's like, she just realizes that she doesn't have to, the heightened social pressures and yeah that go on anymore. And I and I know we had it too, and I'm not saying that it didn't exist, but it's way
1: worse now than it ever was. Social media and the access and uh, you know, for all these insta famous people to live up to in the you know in their heads. No, well and is, we live particularly
0: where I live is a very wealthy affluent area and you know we live a very modest lifestyle and it's um there's a lot of pressure that way yeah. and i think it's giving some of these kids space to breathe and release and just relax into being themselves And not having to feel like they have to put on a show or whatever. Worry about who's thinking what about, like, just the insignificant drama that arises, right? So it it is, it's it's interesting. It's just, it's an interesting time. And I think that, I hope, I hope we can all, like, grow from this. Like, it's it's just a... Just an imaginable, like I was, I was saying, <laughs> I was saying to Mez the other day. I was like, look, no one taught me first of all how to be a parent. And then second of all, no one taught me how to be a parent through a pandemic. So I'm doing the best I fucking can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At least we don't have little kids that we're having to homeschool like everybody else. I mean, I I feel like I would be such a failure and I would, it would be, I feel so much for those parents. I know. I really do. I wish that I I could give them some advice or something, but like. There is, yeah, I am. And what about the kids that. Have to work their full time job from home and now add into that homeschooling. What? Yeah.
0: Listen, I'm with you. I um, I was I have this picture of me and the girls on our my wall, uh, in in our bedroom, and it was from right around the time that you and I met. And I said to Rob last night, I was like, "Do you ever miss those times?" And he's like, "Nope, <laughs> sure don't." And I was like, "You know." Especially right now, I really I don't I I am I am super grateful about that, Dory. Like, that would be so
1: hard. so hard,
0: so hard. I don't, you know. You and I have a mutual friend, Sarah, who's got mm-hmm. her little twins and Three her little, little ones. Tw- yep, Let's see five or seven? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> just. You go, girl. Just you do whatever you got to do right now
1: because I—it almost gives me anxiety (laughs) looking at it. However, she has who to talk about boundless energy. I know if anyone can handle it, that woman can. I know, I know, and and, and it—and I do.
0: I really feel for. I do. You're—you're right. I've had those same thoughts. I'm like I. Well, one, I wouldn't be a good mom. Right now, anyway, I I always tell people I'm like, I'm super grateful I had my kids when I did because we knew just enough, but we had a lot of ignorance too. Like, yeah, there's so much information out there now.
1: Like, yeah, there are.
0: I didn't breastfeed my kids, and I feel like I would be like scrutinized right now
1: if I was a mom. Well, you know, I feel like that came that 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 will come in all ages. Like, I did breastfeed my kids. And people were, were definitely opinionated about both. I mean, and, and I can remember my mom talking about it back, you know, 40 something years ago and 50 years ago when she had me and my brother. Um, I think she nursed me and didn't nurse him, you know? So, you know, fuck all them people.
0: No, I, I think I just mean in terms of the social media stuff and just like everything that's out there and like all, like you can just put like, one simple question out there or just see the opinions of everybody. And I really think that's what it is. It's like, it's all just right there in your face versus we actually had to actively seek out information.
1: Right. I mean, we had had like parents magazine magazine. or like what to expect when you're expecting, (laughs) what to expect when you're raising a toddler. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But seriously, no one told you how to be a parent through
1: a pandemic yeah no, they left that out of the manual this is going to be a new book for new Times <laughs> coming to bestseller. Else, yeah, and someone else can write
0: it <laughs> someone else can write it i know so so when you you alluded to you know wanting to have something for yourself and turning into the person that you wanted to be tell us who tell us who Dory is oh. I know that was a zinger. That's a hard question.
1: I got who you. Who am I? I know because then you say, well, I'm a yoga teacher. No, not no. what you do. No. Who are you? Who are who you? Who am I? Who, who did this, yeah. all of this practice, all of this work that you've done, who has it allowed you to be? I guess it's allowed me to be whatever iteration of me that I'm in at the time. Right. And be okay with it. And even though for sure, I'm no guru, right? Like, I, I know things at a moment in time where I'm like, well, who cares what I thought I would be doing now? This is where I am. Or who thought who I would be with now? And this is who I'm with. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. For sure, I go through ebbs and flows. There are times where I am perfectly happy in my own shoes, walking the walk and going down whatever the path is that led me to where I am and, and anxiously awaiting to see where the path takes me going forward. Right? Right. Right. Um, and then there are other times where it's, you know, you think too hard about it or you question or, you know, I have a not nervous breakdown, but, you know, a decision that I need to like just take a break from everything over the course of 40 days, you know, coming into the first of the year. So, you know, I, gosh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a question for like a long answer. Maybe I'll blog about that. You know, I, yeah. I think I'm I'm happy with who I am. Like I can say I'm proud of who I am. Mm-hmm. I may not have been happy with all of my choices or actions at the time, but I have come to be happy with where it all led me. I love that. Yeah.
0: You know, so much of what you just said is very, uh, it's really actually quite... I don't know if profound is the right word, but it is because so many of us try to really answer that question. And the truth is, I'm a different iteration of me than I was just three weeks ago, than I will be four months from now. And it's the practice of contentment. And I have very vivid memories of this being taught in a yoga class which was be content with exactly where you are and what you're doing right now, because it's different than yesterday and it's going to be different than tomorrow. Right. And you better love it right now. Cause otherwise you're missing out on the, that whole process of growth. And exactly. to me, that's just, I love how you answered that question because that's super real and right. probably the most honest thing that anybody can say.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah. Cause you know, I think a lot of times someone poses a question like that to someone else mm-hmm. and you want to have this like whew, answer, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So
0: if you had one thing, just like one aha moment along the way, along your, however many years you've walked on this planet, 50, I know, 50 <laughs> um, which dude, good for you. Look at you. You're, you're amazing. Like Aww,
1: you're amazing.
0: Yeah. You're right I, behind me. I'm not too far. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But, and, and you were, you're going to put this out there as like the golden nugget, right? Like what is the one thing that you would say was the the best Piece of maybe advice that you gave yourself, or somebody else gave you, or a moment that you had where you were like, "This is this is it," and this is just like my aha,
1: your Oprah
0: aha moment.
1: Oh, I thought you were going somewhere different. Okay, well, so I'll you- tell you where my first instinct was because I thought you were going to say like, if there was an aha that you you know came to realize along the journey. Yeah. Or whatever. Yep. Um, I would just say that you need to allow people to surprise you because they will and mostly in really really good ways right so we're taught in yoga like you get what you expect set the expectations make those expectations or you know make them good um because if you expect bad you're going to get bad right but i would just say like like I don't know, just let all everything that you think you know, let it go and really let people surprise you because there is so much more good out there than there is the opposite of that. And if you let it come to you, it will. And people surprise me over and over all the time. And I don't think the me prior to yoga would have allowed it because I would have gone into all of those meetings, those interactions with a wall up or with already hard staunch preconceived ideas about them or the situation or what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And when you can let that wall disappear, mm-hmm. really just allow, I mean, what, what more is there, right?
0: Yeah. That answered both of those questions. Okay. That's perfect. Let people surprise you. Yeah. yeah. I love it.
1: Thank you, you surprised for- me. I thought you were coming to ruin my yoga practice And you opened up my whole world to something else. (laughs) Uh, You know, I've been at times. Twice. Because then I was in New York City when I found out you were closing. Yeah. And I thought, again, you were ruining my yoga life. Oh, everybody everybody thought I was ruining their life at that moment in time. (laughs) I'm sure you were. But then that opened up something else completely. So much. Yeah. Like a plethora of stuff I didn't know yeah yeah so if I had just shut down and been like well man what am I gonna do without this studio and these people and just stop going like many of those people did yeah instead of venturing out and being like oh okay what else is out there you know I right. I think that's a good kind of metaphor for also
0: yeah no it's so true and um, that that letting people surprise you means you release judgment you release any like you say preconceived notions but expectations of how those people are going to be or what is to come because honestly when I moved to Charlotte I was like what's going to happen with my yoga practice I was like Charlotte's not going to have any yoga Charlotte had some of the best yoga
1: you've ever taken
0: I had ever taken at that time in my life and it was pretty amazing and yeah, let people surprise you. I think that's awesome. I will tell you though, just just as we wrap this up, that I, I have a tendency to have that effect on a lot of people. People show up and they're like, "What is she about to do?" And then they're like, "Oh, <laughs>
1: that's
0: she just that's just that's I think the role that I was pl- placed here to play, and I've I've accepted it, and I I enjoy it. So, thank you for taking time with me today.
1: Uh-huh. thanks
0: for having me this was a lot of fun this was a lot of fun mm-hmm. um, so we're gonna say see you later for now just see you in a minute and yep. stay safe and be well and keep your family just close and love them and hey maybe this is another opportunity for you to take another 40 day sabbatical yeah
1: maybe maybe you say hi to the girls and give Rob a big hug for me okay
0: I will alright Thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us and listening and tuning in wherever you are listening to your podcast. Keep on listening, sharing, enjoying. And hey, follow us on social media. Instagram is msh underscore shift. You can also follow me, Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A underscore Huffines, H-O-F-F-H-E-I-N-S. You can also find us on the book and join our makeshift tapping group. It's a public open group. We share goodies and information. Um, Visit my website, MarshaHuffines.com. Sign up for the newsletter and we'll just keep you full of all the goodies, all of them all the time. Talk to you soon.